0: Welcome to episode 78 of Formidable Opponents, a show that fits three people who have known each other virtually their entire lives in a series of conversations as we argue what is best in a variety of fun, engaging, and critical pop culture topics we all debate about. I'm Randall, and with me as always, Bob and Joseph, and this week's topic is best 90s rap hip-hop song. On today's episode, we're revisiting yet another golden era of music. As we continue our 90's trip down memory lane, we continue to respect the innovation and experimentation that was circulating through all genres at this time. A genre that benefited most from this surplus of origination and the influx of its new stars. Rap and hip hop was beyond music. It seeped into the mainstream culture and consciousness by the way of style, attitude, and commercial appeal. You know you own the hottest property on the music landscape when cartoons, grandmas and commercials, and athletes are all borrowing from you for your mainstream credibility. While rap at the time was being criticized for its focus on misogyny, capitalism, violence, and drugs, you couldn't deny it was also an important time for social consciousness, telling stories mainstream media didn't want you to hear, politically savvy commentary, and celebration. You couldn't compartmentalize this genre because the grounds Of attention and levity, it was giving a generation who refused to be drowned out a profound, intense identification, and it beguiled an important demographic. And those people not only purchased the albums; their identity was bound to an entire culture. This conversation is a continuation of why '90s music, especially rap and hip hop, were a huge transitional period for pop culture expression, and how it gave us this bountiful nourishment. This week, formidable opponents is talking best '90s rap slash hip hop song. As always, I'm joined by two guys who were once held over a balcony by Suge Knight, both on separate occasions. Bob and Joseph, how are you guys doing?
1: Very very well, thank you.
2: I was gonna, Go I was, ahead. I was gonna say real quick. I was like, man, come on, come on, man, be this hip hop, be cool." Like like you sound way too excited on that yeah, intro. Yeah.
1: yeah, Quit apologizing, bro. That's not rap. That's not '90s hip hop. That's not gangster rap.
2: I was waiting for the yo 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 boy. What's up? No, I'm already cut, cut cut that shit. <laughs> no, that's on. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> You're
0: gonna be called J-Dog you know for the, of
2: the, the rest. JOS. If Kenny can. Can Harley to say it, so can I. That's funny, man. It's
0: it's cold in Texas, guys. Let's hope that the grid holds up throughout this recording. I I have my doubts, (laughs) but we'll see what happens. So guys, what were your first experiences as fans of this
1: genre? Can you recall when you first started listening to rap, hip hop, how you became a fan? MTV music videos. I mean, they're the the big thing in the 90s. And, and you know, that's when I kind of like cut on to to uh, uh, 90s hip hop and rap and, and seeing the music videos. Obviously, like the Snoop Doggy Dog, uh, Dr. Dre, a lot of different groups and artists that were putting out music videos and and, and like catchy and funny and like things that you'd be interested in as well. So uh it, it was different, and that's how I really got my experience. Also from friends, you know, Rico, shout-out to Rico. This is a guy, we're in sixth grade, going to baseball practice. You know, he was jamming to Bone thugs and harmony and, you know, trying to get everybody on the damn team to listen to it and go buy their album and, you know, and where is Nike Cortez's. But uh, other than that, yeah, uh, it's just a lot of that music videos, listening to music from friends, stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I can add to that. I think another part of it, too, uh, for, for both of us, Bob, is – um you know, is- <laughs> it, it was Rand. I mean, I mean, if, if you're not aware, he had an impressive collection of, uh, gangster rap cassette tapes. Uh, <laughs> and, and when we were younger, when we were hanging out, you know, Rand, Rand would play some of that music and, and he was a big, he's a music fan. He obviously likes all genres of music. So, uh, a lot of the, First experiences with like, yeah, and the music videos too, hanging out and watching, you know, the early MTV era and, and the rap and, and, and hip hop songs that were coming out. And that's was all hanging out with you, Ren.
0: I remember I was in seventh grade. It was, it was 1990. And a friend of mine let me borrow his NWA and the Posse cassette. And they had, it had like Dope Man NWA and the Posse had Dope Man, A Thousand Miles and Running. I had uh, some song about cops. I can't remember. Anyway, so um, I, I remember listening to this cassette and just being – taken aback by everything. It was like a whole new landscape, a whole new world. You know, we come from a very homogenous part of the country I where, you know, 96, 97% of the people down in the valley, they're Latino. So we weren't exposed to a lot of culture beyond MTV and beyond what we saw in the theater. And that music seeped in as you got older because you started to listen to other things your friends started picking up on. So I remember I had my Raider satin jacket. I had the White Sox baseball cap, just a chubby, greasy boy who couldn't pass algebra or talk to girls listening to like two life crew never reciting the lyrics in public (laughs) it was just an amazing time and for two two and a half years that was my world that the the rap landscape was just I was just listening to it every day all day you know uh, it was just uh, so many things that that was going on in my life but I was just completely ensconced with with rap music so, guys, we know that rap started; it has its roots in the '70s, became popular in the '80s, but really exploded in this era in the '90s. What was the reason for the breakthrough of the '90s?
2: I think it was the storytelling at the time. The, the, the unfortunately, uh, you know, some of the music. and I, I don't, I don't want to get too political or anything like that, but I, I think um, with what everything, a lot of this music that at the time, especially the early '90s um, of hip hop, and was uh, storytelling and 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 the. the the stories of from from you know specific areas of the country and and, and whatnot and they were captivating. Uh, aside from you know just good beats and and hooks and and instrumentals, um, and that's kind of what I like about you know I as far as when it comes to hip hop and R and B and shout out to my boy Jesse, our friend Jesse, he always. Sends me something like of an artist. Maybe he tries to show me a new artist or something who has an old school beat reminiscent of the '90s. So I, it, it's it's just something that I like. So aside from the use of the instruments, we were we were you know taking drum, bass, guitar, and 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 whatnot, and and doing something different with them and giving them this better sound. It it, it just worked perfectly, and I think it's just a great time for music.
1: Yeah, I agree, million percent. I think there was a big change in culture. As far as like, you know, grunge music kind of took over the rock scene and, you know, um, this uh, gangster rap and hip hop that was both political, both funny, both uh, had some funk to it, had some uh, great beats, had you were instrumentals. You know, it was something different that we wanted to listen to. I think that people needed because, you know, the 70s did offer some of the greatest type of music that we, we've seen in the 60s and 70s as far as rock music is concerned. 80s was kind of like funky and 80s poppy and, you know, cocaine, like Randy always says. And, you know, we wanted something different. You know what I mean? I think people were craving something different. We're going to a new decade uh, of, of music. So that culture shift kind of thing, you know, got, got people in. I think music videos really helped. I think movies really helped as well. I mean, movies exploded in the 90s, showing a lot of – that were based around rap and hip-hop. and showed a lot of – you know, House Party, you had Boys in the Hood, you had Above the Rim, you had Friday. You had a lot of big movies. Yeah, dude, you had a lot of big movies uh, that, you know, maybe not introduced people to the culture, but, you know, got people more interested in the culture and the type of music. They had a lot of rap and hip-hop music on the soundtracks for these movies. And, you know, me, I I watched – I must have watched Friday a million times, Boys in the Hood. Mm -hmm. Religiously as a kid, man, such a great you know. Fuck that movie too. These are the type of movies that you know. We we our show is about pop culture, and I think you know that really enthralled in in, in in pop culture at the time. And and I think it's what really people really got people really into to hip hop and rap in the nineties.
0: Yeah, good points, guys. I you know you mentioned movies, Bob. I had that in my for my third uh, my third question, but I'll get to that later. As for me, I think it was more nineties uh, rap. Nineties hip hop was more integrated into the mainstream. He also had so many celebrities, athletes who grew up on this music, making it more mainstream. Uh, I yep. think the concern and the crux of rap and hip hop culture reaching out, reaching these platitudes is that everybody thought they could do it. Or even worse, some of these acts were successful, like House of Pain and kind of like the things. Anyway, <laughs> also, I think when rap, when rap rock was integrated, it was cool when rap acts were sampling rock songs. But when you had mainstream rock flirting with rap, maybe not wholeheartedly, but there were some of these in in these embryonic stages integrating rap into rock, like Faith No More with Epic and and Give It Away. Now sounds a little, you know, there's some rhyme schemes there. But rap has always included a hard rock element, and we talk about it, guys, all the time. How we're rock fans to the core but rap is rock, and they included a lot of the rock elements. They sampled a lot of rock music. Listen to the music uh, Run DMC play. It's Tricky sampled My Sharona, Beastie Boys, Rhyming and Scheming sampled uh, Led Zeppelin's When the Levee Breaks, Public Enemy had uh, Living Colors, Vernon Reed playing guitar on Sophisticated Bitch (laughs) off their first album. They sampled (laughs) rock tunes, and it worked. It was magic, because when I was listening to rap in the 80s, the only like single rapper I knew was Curtis Blow, and he sang, you know, Basketball, Um, and Run DMC became ubiquitous. Run DMC was the biggest rap act in the 80s. The BC Boys came along, my favorite uh, musical artist. But in the 90s, you had like this influx, this like pool of talent that was coming left and right. And I think this was the decade where rap and hip hop really took over the mainstream culture. So outside of music, guys, what are some of the most important contributions 90s rap and hip hop
2: have given us? For me, I'll say uh, new metal, I guess. <laughs> 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 Specifically, I mean, I know it's kind of like it just kind of goes back to what you said about how this rap and rock thing. Um, look, I, 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 I understand, you know, new metal gets a, a bad rap, but uh, it's clear uh, it's, it's influence. And um, I've, I heard enough um, heaviness in the music and uh, enough, you know, "quote unquote" uh, rhyming and 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 rapping. I heard enough of both to to really enjoy, you know, this this style of music. And like I said, I know it gets a bad rap, but it was. I mean, it's it's a combination of two of our favorite genres of music. I mean, we we talk about them, right, or finally get you know, trying to do our best to do justice to this topic uh, today. But we've talked at length about you know rock music, and and so and 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 that genre was a, was a combination of both. So for me, I mean, I. I mean, I love it. I mean, it's, it's a huge influence and contribution to a, a genre of music that I particularly like. So I, I think
0: sports was a big deal. I think you saw a lot of uh, mainstream, because sports was becoming big in the 90s, too. In the 80s, it was very, um, you know, basketball was just coming of age in the 80s. Everybody knew, you know, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. In the 90s, you had so many superstars, you know, being led by Michael Jordan. But you had, like, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, who rapped, uh, you know, Allen Iverson. By the- the way, terribly, <laughs> by the way. Terribly, by the way. <laughs> he was good with Fushnik. no. But anyway, <laughs> you, had, you had all these um, you know artists and singers, and I think sports was a big element as to why rap became more and more mainstream. I think movies and Bob, you hit on this point earlier. I I listed some of these movies: Juice, where I was first introduced to Tupac, who was phenomenal in that movie. Uh, Boys in the Hood, Dead Presidents, Above the Rim, Judgment Night, which has a great rap soundtrack. Don't sleep on on Judgment Night. It's it's a it's a cool '90s movie, but the soundtrack is 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 amazing. Uh, political statements were. Being made, uh, bands like Public Enemy were coming to the forefront and talking about human rights and and you know trying to p- push the needle forward and using lyrics and rap and music to get that message across because that's what young people listen to. They listen to music. They listen to 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 lyrics, and that's what gets people to move. and And that's why I think the '90s is such an important decade for not only that social justice aspect, but understanding and learning about what the country is about and what it's not about. We'll go ahead and move on to Honorable Mentions. Um, uh,
2: uh, Joseph, we'll start off with you. Who would you have for your Honorable Mentions? I, I was going to try to not say all of them, but I, I feel like I have to. So let me just run through these real quick, guys. I got NWA, Boys in the Hood, Ghetto nice. Boys, Minds mind Playing Tricks on Me. Love that song. Wu-Tang Clan, Cream, and Triumph, both some of my favorite songs. Some of my favorite songs, both some of my favorite songs. <laughs> <laughs> Bonita Applebaum from A Tribe Called Quest. God, I love that ah, song. Great song uh i don't know if you all know this one uh, set Adrift on memory bliss by p m don this one, <laughs> love, i love this song love this song it it's sample it's i think it's a great fucking song it it samples uh spandu ballads. yeah uh, true yours know, like, yeah huh? ha 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 it's a he great dro- it's... he drops christina Applegate's uh song, yeah he's he, this song yeah and actually it's a, a throwback to bonita Applebaum. anyway gotta get through this uh shook ones part two Mob deep of course juicy notorious big smile by scarface featuring tupac what a great yes. fucking song uh nothing but a g thing dr dre of course the crossroads bob mentioned them uh, warren g regulate featuring the late great nate dog the man who was the hookup for the best hooks tupac i ain't mad at you out cast equipment I uh Luna's I got 5 on it old oh, dirty mm-hmm. bastard shimmy shimmy y'all uh <laughs> OPP naughty by nature of course um Jay-Z can I get a Lauren Hill duop that thing Fuji's ready or not uh Master P make him say uh Lord Tyreek and Peter Guns deja vu I got to stop right there cuz if I keep going I'm going to fucking be here for a while I'll well, just stop wait right how are there. you going to pick a winner <laughs> you're like fat
0: five <laughs> freddy man <Jeez. laughs> like he liked
1: everything That's right <laughs> Bob, what do you got for us? Oh, I. You have to start off with nothing but a G thing, but Dr. Dre, which the uh, the Chronic, that that album, one of the best album of the uh, rap hip hop albums of of the nineties. Reggae by Warren G, Sabotage by the Beastie Boys, Hypnotized by Notorious B.I.G. You have to have a list with Notorious on there. Yes, uh, All eyes on me and Picture Me Rolling by Tupac. California Love also added to that list. The Humpty Dance by yes. Digital Underground. Very underrated, great fucking song. Mentioned this earlier. Bone Thugs and Harmony, the Crossroads. LL Cool J brought it out. Mama said, "Knock you out" in nineteen ninety. So, great, great song. And and I'll end off with with another little sweet one that I really personally loved. Skilos. I wish. Great <laughs> fucking song, man.
0: That song is kind of making a comeback. I've I've heard it on some TikTok uh, a video. So yeah, I'd Skilo. rather hear that
1: than the fucking Burger King song that keeps coming out.
0: <laughs> so my honorable mentions. You gotta mention. Good Vibrations, Marky Mark, and the Funky Bunch. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. No, I got, re- got Regulate. And by- that's <laughs> show, folks. <laughs> I got Regulate by Warren G. and Nate Dogg. A little story about this song. I was visiting um, the valley uh, about... Two years ago, uh, a buddy of mine, Alex, and I karaoke to the song, and we completely butchered it. Not an easy song to karaoke to, especially when you've been drinking a lot. And we just we just didn't do it any justice. Uh, I got I'm- five got five on it <laughs> by Luniz, a uh, uh, Player's Ball by Outcast, The Humpty Dance, yes, uh, Digital Underground. That that album was huge. Sex Packets, I used to listen to it, you know, day and night when I had that that uh, cassette. Uh, California Love by Dre and Tupac. This is a song. If you see like a fifty year old guy, like when you're driving and he's at a stop sign and he's dancing odds are it's to California Love by by Dre and, and Tupac because that song will get you moving. Uh, if I ruled the world by Nas, uh, Mind Playing Tricks on Me by the Ghetto Boys, uh, Scenario by Tribe Called Quest. What a, what a fantastic band! Uh Flava in Your Ear by Craig Mack, A Party Up by DMX, Sure Shot by the Beastie Boys. Ain't nothing but a G thing, Dre and Snoop. I think we all agree with that one. Big Papa, Notorious B.I.G. No Vaseline, Ice Cube, Hit 'Em Up, Tupac, uh, The Crossover by EPMD, and also lastly, Fight the Power by Public Enemy. So I didn't,
1: how did nobody mention
0: ice,
2: ice, baby? I know. Ice.
0: <laughs> I was, like I thought mom. when you guys, well, yeah. you know, we had talked about it when we were texting back and forth, we had said, okay, I we, didn't
2: say informer by snow.
0: Yeah. That's I, the
1: I one really I was going to I really did want to. You, well, you, well, you said everything else. You said everything else, Joseph. My, I know,
0: right? Joseph was going down. Like we, we just needed the white rappers at that point because I think <laughs> he mentioned everybody, but what about, okay. But Joseph, just a quick aside, you think a uh, snow informer is a good song. Maybe you didn't have it listed as one of your honorable mentions, but Good song, in your opinion, right? Yeah.
2: Okay. I, I, I think it's a good song. I know it's a novelty song, but I'm also, because I've listened to that full album at length over and over again, I know there's other songs on those on that album that people would be surprised. They'd be like, this is a snow song? And I'd be I, 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 yeah, I could say yeah. And I'd be like, wow. You can't tell by the
1: fast uh, French uh, <laughs> accent uh, rapping? It's reggae. There's,
2: there's other songs <laughs> off of that album where he's not like necessarily- but he's French. Doing all that, so.
1: I mean, telling
0: absolute lie after lie and informer. He never went through any of that shit. I I will say this, and, and, and Bob, you mentioned this. Ice Ice Baby at the time huge hit. I mean, it was one of the biggest hits of the early 90s. I think it came out in 1990. I remember I was in 8th grade. This song was everywhere. Why isn't it the best, one of the best rap songs? Because I know it's novelty, but people still listen to it. People still love to enjoy listening to it. I know I do. You want to know know
1: why? Because they had shitty white guy dancing in the music video. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the worst dancing you've ever seen for a rap, hip-hop. I can't take you seriously, dancing like that. Come on, bro.
0: No, I mean, I think we mentioned a lot of of, of great songs um and like i said we were just talking about this earlier we kept on listing and listing and listing because this era of music this rap era was just i think it was the golden era of rap i i don't think you yeah. can go wrong with the, these selections
2: I, I kind of wanted to to suggest maybe we should like turn this into a bring your top five songs we and we'll do just that. do we'll, we'll just do a retrospect you know episode but because, yeah, because there was so many, like, it was just hard to put this, you know, hard to pick which just one. We could tell by
1: the 16 choices.
0: <laughs> so let me let me ask you guys this. No mention of Eminem. Was that because he came too late in the well, 90s? I, want, I, want,
1: I had him written down. Oh, I yeah. I do have like one of the, Yeah, yeah. My Name Is came out in 1999. Yeah. First and that, album. That was a great, great yeah. song. That I mean, like he. Whenever I think of Eminem, though, I always think of like the two thousands. Mm-hmm. Like I think he fits like, I... that that new generation of genre, a uh, new generation of of rap hip hop in the two thousands, early two thousands. No
0: love for Kid Rock. No. Okay. Nope. All right. Let's get move What about MC Hammer?
1: <laughs> Nobody mentioned MC Hammer. No. Biggest fucking hits of the-
0: You know, the MC 90s. Hammer's best song wasn't his his biggest hit. I think "Turn This Mother Out" was a good song. It just wasn't the best rap song. But he's a great dancer. Oh oh oh! Let's go ahead and go on to our selections, Joseph. Who do you got for us?
2: I want to say before I get started, though, Rand. I for some reason. You you talked about karaoke and and not getting the lyrics right because you're drunk. For some reason, when I am drunk, I can get all the lyrics right. <laughs> and another thing too, before we get started, I I know we we all mentioned Tupac songs, and I know people might probably say, well, if we don't, if none of us pick a Tupac song, <laughs> I'm jumping the gun. I think Tupac is a, is a category in its own. And uh, that's something that we could probably maybe do down the line because that's those are just some great songs. I, anyway, I,
1: think, I think if we go down the line, I think it should be like uh, East Coast, West Coast. So you're gonna, are you siding with Tupac or are you siding with Notorious B G. Who had the better career? Who had the best songs? I think that could be a great show, a great debate, rather than just saying, uh, you know, oh, just solely talk about Tupac. So I think that'd be a great Well, I think Pick they aside, can fucker.
2: Pick a side. They're two very polarizing artists that you could... Go one in one. I'm just saying.
0: What's funny is that you could argue that Biggie had three bigger the three of the biggest hits than Tupac, but Tupac has the catalog. I think you know he just he's aces all around. I think Biggie has like three mainstream hits
1: that everybody associates him with. I think I think Tupac was just a more polarizing yeah. person, character, rapper, uh, artist, actor, uh, poet, you know, activist. Yeah, he's... dude. Yeah. Okay, settle down. <laughs> he has one movie with Janet Jackson. Oh, look at this guy! <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I, I think he's just a, he's a polarizing character. Yeah. And uh, I think he's. I think that's what people think of when they think of Tupac. He's, he's this polarizing. You think of Notorious B. A. G. And yeah, I agree. He did have bigger hits, bigger hits. He was more you know uh, commercially successful than than Tupac. But I think of looking them uh, you know face to face. I mean, Tupac was this just. Polarizing character and person and all the little things that he did in his life as as, as well as, you know, gangster rap and then acting and and uh poetry and him being an activist and how his music changed and evolved like he's just a very interesting person and what i i,
0: I enjoy and we're going to talk a lot about i know joseph we're stepping on your on your on, on your toes. picker oh no,
2: i welcomed it when no, i, when I, I said it. Hesitating. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know when when rap and hip-hop dance tunes came out in the early 90s you had like some like wax stuff like me so horny, and you know, all the two life crew stuff. But when Dr. Dre, did you say whack? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> that was it whack. Is, it, is, it is the 90s. <laughs> So, but then when, when, you know, Dre and and Tupac and all these guys took it over, the dance songs were really good. They were really sustainable. So they not only turned rap and hip hop into this entity of like, I got to listen to it because it tells a story. It also is some of the best memories of you having a good time and and moving and, and, and listening to music with your friends. So they did a very important thing throughout the 90s. And that's why this era is so polarizing. But. I digress. I'm sorry, Joseph. Go ahead. All right. So
2: I'll finally get to my selection, everybody. (laughs) Uh, so I went with, uh, still DRE or still Dre, if you want to, if you want to, to call it that, uh, released just in time for me to call it the best hip hop rap song of the nineties. Uh, it's off of Dr. Dre's second studio album entitled 2001 even though it came out in 99. It is his right first al- <laughs> first album in 7 years uh, the follow-up to his to his landmark uh album The Chronic. I mean that shit's just incredible. A lot was at stake here for Dr. Dre. Uh he had he had only released one compilation album off of his newly formed uh Aftermath Entertainment label, an album that he he he, he wasn't really featured on much and, and it wasn't very popular among, among fans, to be honest. Dre felt he had to prove himself and, he, and what better song to announce your return than still DRE. I mean, that opening beat and and, and piano notes, it's iconic at this point. There's TikTok videos and Instagram shit, you know, where, where people are playing like random instruments to a random song and then somehow it, it fades into still Dre and, and then the video good gets, that's where the video gets crazy or, you know, whatnot. I remember the first time I I heard this song and knowing that it was. It was a Dre song, and, and hearing Snoop featured and rhyming right from the start, it, it took me back to those classics like like Deep Cover and and Nothing But a G Thing and Dre Day. It's just a perfect combination those two. I mean, to be honest with you, like it's it's weird how those two can 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 get in a get on a song or an album or whatever and just. Make fucking magic, to be honest with you. Uh, it's a great cruising song. It, it's easy going. It has an easy going stride. It, it just flows perfectly. What I've always what I've always liked about uh, this song is it it was Dre uh, taking you know what he did so good this this you know G funk sound that he's known for and, and bringing it and tweaking it a little bit to what I feel was a changing sound of hip hop. You know, around the corner was was uh, the whole no limit. Cash money artist thing, people like Nelly, artists like Nelly, Ja Rule, 50 Cent, like Bob mentioned earlier, um, Ludacris, Lil Wayne, uh, Eminem. There was a change coming in, in rap and hip hop, the early 2000s stuff, which we can get into another time. Uh, and that guy who used to be Kanye West. I mean, there was, there was a whole (laughs) new sound that was coming and Dre took this song. It appealed to the classic early 90s and i think it worked great with what was coming and it was just like i said it's a perfect song down here i mean we were bumping the houston rap song so you know it was it it was a different time it was obviously late i mean just before it was released in november of 99 i believe just before the the coming of the 2000 and here's dre saying guess guess who's back i'm still here i'm still the king now check this shit out i mean this whole album was great uh the last thing i can say about this song and its legacy uh, is to look no further than than Last year's Super Bowl halftime show, great show. Uh, everybody talks about it. I watched the video of it uh, earlier on YouTube, and honestly, I can't remember the last time uh, I saw the whole crowd really enjoying a show like they did for this most recent one. And and what was the final song of that that show? It was still D R E because that's the one you close it with. Doctor Dre doing his thing. This song I think is it was perfect way to end the '90s and it ended up for me being the best if or if not one of the best
1: guys i think they finished off with of that song of the super bowl to to appeal to the tiktok generation joseph so just so you know, you're a TikToker now, buddy. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, it's 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 got some resurgence because of the whole TikTok things where they play that piano, little instrumental, and then it goes into like a serious part of the video like in a comical way. Still, Dre's a great, 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 great song. And I thought it was a badass follow-up album, which took, him, like you said, seven years. Was it seven years? Was it seven years to release the next album, which is uh, pretty crazy. Amazing, considering the amount of talent and stuff that Dr. Dre has, you know, he he could have put out an album every year in the in the nineties and and would have gone you know double platinum. There's like a Mount rushmore of rap and hip hop artists in in the nineties. I think you have Tupac, you have Notorious B.I.G., you have Snoop Dogg, and of course you have Dr. Dre. So I think you choosing a Dr. Dre song was was right in the money. Now I think that if it was me personally, I would have gone for, and I almost did, and then I kicked myself, and I talked I talked myself out of it a few times. Uh, gone with nothing but a G G-Thang baby from the original the chronic album that album itself i said earlier is probably top 3 albums of the 90s it was just fantastic the amount of songs the the shit he put out i mean really really and, you know dr dre was was already a household name but i mean that shit put him over the top i think it's more of a preference thing for me now if we're going 90s and 90s sound and 90s rap and 90s hip hop i feel like nothing but a G thing baby sounds more 90s than Still Dre made me my only knock on it. You said it yourself, Still Dre kind of came out and it kind of ushered in the new generation, the new decade of rap. It had that new 2000s kind of sound. That'd be my only knock on it, but nothing but a G thing. I think that's, that. if you had chose that, I probably would have just kept my mouth shut and, and drank my whiskey. <laughs> I will say this before I respond
0: to any criticism of any song. By the way, all these songs are fantastic, but okay. there's a little litmus test I I kind of put my a guy kind of gave myself. I have a a former student, his name is Jeremy Hines. He's an up-and-coming rapper from Houston. I'm sure he's fine with me uh dropping his name. He's got a song out called Yellow Tape. So, you know, I I sent him a message and I said, "Hey man, love your song." And and I, you know, I I dropped some lyrics and I I talked a little rap with him, but I always I kind of felt like he was kind of like treating me like the like the old guy at the old folks' home, you know kind of like he was kind of humoring me with your sure, grandma mother. sure grandma
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: it, it's funny because when you talk about this era of music, most of the people who were you know at their at their youth and and listening to the, were all in there are you know mid to late thirties uh forties and fifties who were listening to this song so it it's hard to sort of grasp how long ago this was, but how current it still sounds. And I think that's just a, a proclamation of, of the, the creative genius that all these um, artists gave to us. But anyway, uh, Still Dre, uh, 1.2 billion YouTube views. That was the most impressive thing. This song is the most recent of our choices and has the most view. So I will give you credit for that. A lot of people love this song. Caught the tail end of the 90s, as you mentioned, Joseph, November 1999 was the release. It reached the billboards twice, two different decades, two different millenniums, once in 99 and then again in 2001. A song that samples uh, Super Mario Brothers. I think that's the joke, right? That it sounds like a Super Mario Brothers game. <laughs> anyway, great song. One of 17 songs that Dre reminds us that he's still hanging around, right? We never forgot about you, Dre. How could we? You never let us. Anyway, he brags about... All the people he's mentored, you know, Snoop Dogg, uh, Warren G, Eminem, uh, 50 Cent, uh, you know, he's like my Instagram stories at this point. But to me, this song is like the sickest resume ever he talks about all his accomplishment all his accomplishments of course that's what many rap songs do they talk about their accomplishments what they've done over the years and this was sort of Dre's uh, you know chronicle of what of what he's done to me it sounds like a better job interview than it is a song I was half waiting for him to mention his familiarity with the, you know Microsoft never happened anyway Dr. Dre is one of the best producers out there he's made billions on that skill Dr. Dre the producer fantastic Dr Dre the rapper good. He's good as a rapper, not, not the best. I, I do have a few Dre songs that yeah, I like better. Uh, nothing But a G Thing, California Love, uh, Let Me Ride, Deep Cover, Forgot About Dre, Remember Dre, Recall Dre, Need I Remind You About Dre, Don't Be Unable to Remember Dre, and Still Dre. You know, all the Dre songs are great. Anyway, important, to note, <laughs> important to note that Jay-Z wrote the lyrics to this song. So you know he didn't forget about Dre. He might have forgotten about Beyonce every now and then, but he didn't forget about
1: Dre. So let's just put it out there. That's, that's another story altogether. <laughs> great
0: great song unlike the other two selections which we'll get to there's more hands in the cookie jar with this one you got Dre you got Snoop you got Jay-Z Hype Williams Melvin Bradford excuse me Scott Storch uh the songs Bob and I selected were just a producer and a rapper essentially it was a simpler time when you talk about 90s rap compared to mid 90s rap compared to late 90s rap there's such a bounce in in all these uh you know they're like mini eras in this one big old decade I am complimenting how well crafted this song is it is very well crafted It's from a lab, but give me simplicity. And if you're going to sing about your beginnings, I would much rather listen to something more simple and basic. I think the charm of early nineties to mid nineties rap, I don't know. It's kind of like, you know, I grew up in, you know, I was in high school when, when, you know, the early and mid nineties, it's kind of like that old saying, when they talk about SNL, your favorite cast is the cast that you were in when you were in high school. It's kind of like with me, my favorite rap songs were the songs I was in high school listening to this song. I was in college. It was a little, you know, past my rap listening days, but great song. I just like some simple songs a little better. I don't know. We're going to talk about my selection. So I went with It Was a Good Day by Ice Cube. I just want to start off by saying if you could write a song about a day... Now that's talent. You nor I can write a song about a day in in the life of we, what we have. Only Ice Cube could do it so brilliantly. What the hell are we going to sing about? You know, I got the last egg of waffle. I waved to the school crossing guard. Decided to spend an extra $2 on the Ultimate Selection car wash because I was feeling a little... Like a baller, I guess. But we can't rap a good ass day like Ice Cube could, is what I'm trying to say. The man wa- walked us through breakfast, his time on the playground court, all the way to the end of his night. That's talent. The name of this episode is best 90s rap slash hip hop song. And what's more 90s than the following? Ice Cube referencing drop tops, pagers, beepers. Uh, he mentions Michael Jordan. He mentions the Seattle Supersonics. He mentions Yo! MTV rap, Burger, Plain Dominoes, Uh, Big fat fannies. I mean, what is more 90s than that? You know, thanks to someone who analyzed the lyrics and used the context clues about Yo Yo! MTV raps, the Lakers versus the Sonics, we now know that the day Ice Cube was rapping about took place on January 20th, 1992, which ironically enough is the same day I discovered Baywatch. So we both had a good day that day. We have a lot in common, Ice Cube and I. Anyway... This song was released in February of 1993. It was an MTV staple and nothing was better than a late night in 1993. Finishing up your blockbuster movie that you rented, hitting a few dingers with the Oakland A's on Sega Genesis uh, Sports Sock Baseball, microwaving a a Totino's pizza and watching MTV deep into the night because you knew you were going to have a good day. Because this song was going to play. I mean, you had to sit through that shitty Blind Melon Bumblebee video, but Ice Cube was waiting in the wings. This song peaked at number 15 on the billboard, Ice Cube's highest charting song. And Ice Cube commented on the concept and inspiration of this classic by saying the inspiration was... My life at the time. I was on top of my I was on top of the rap game. It was the summer of 1992 when I wrote it. I was in a hotel room, really in a state of euphoria. I had all the money I'd ever dreamed of. I was in a good frame of mind. And I remember thinking, okay, there's been riots reflecting on the Rodney King um uh beating. People know I I I deal with all that. What about rapping about a good day? I'd never rap about the good times I had. So that inspired him to create, put this song out. Ice Cube says it's a fictional song, but what a picture perfect day his mind creates. You're a young man in 1992. What can a better day consist of? A great breakfast, right? Nobody fucks with you. You're killing it on the basketball court. You're hanging out with your friends. You're winning money playing dominoes. You have some drinks and you smoke a little. And at the end, you end the night with a big old fat ass and a cheeseburger. I mean, what a fucking day, right? Of course, a perfect day for me nowadays is every day they push back student loan debt repayment date. You know, that's the perfect day for me. is <laughs> at his apex. This song is paired with a brilliant sample by the Isley Brothers' footsteps in the dark. How is this not the best? Rap song in the '90s when it encapsulates everything so adroitly. This is quintessential '90s song. Not only one of the best '90s rap songs, one of the best '90s songs of the decade. Bob and Joseph, you better check yourselves before you wreck yourselves. What do you got to say about this? it <laughs> <gotta> and check yourself <laughs> before you wreck.
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, man, this is uh this is one of my favorite favorite songs. Not only of this time and, and genre, just in general. I've I I, I can't. Count how many times I've cruised to this song. Uh, how many times I've intentionally put it on at the end of the night, yes. driving home. It's got a great sound. It's uh, it's more because you know I'm a mellow guy too. So even though I love you know gangster rap and, and and you know maybe a more aggressive sound on rap, I I do love the good flow, the good funk, and and that's perfect with this song because you know with the sampling of the Isley Brothers, um, it's it, it, it reminds me of my pick, even though it was. Uh, obviously years later the lyrics are great it's a good story the only, my only knock on this i gotta i gotta i'll admit that this is a a, a tremendous pick and ice cube is one of my favorite uh rappers and and, and musicians uh he was featured on a corn album uh so to me that's that's even better that just makes you even cooler he was featured on on Corns Follow the Leader album on a, on a song called Children of the Corn, Great, great song. I know you talk about it being the best of the 90s, but an argument that somebody or that you all might make uh, or that kind of Bob said about mine, how it was maybe at the, t- or both of you at the, you know, my pick was more at the tail end of the 90s. So it was kind of a, a lead way into what was coming in the 2000s. A lot of great songs that we mentioned in the very beginning uh, came out after this one. This one came out very early in the 90s. So to call it the best of the nice I mean really just nitpicking here because I do love this song I just think maybe it's a little um, too early in the in the in the decade to say this is the best because we had so many other good songs come out later on and while there was a lot of great songs before mine, at least we know what was in front of mine, so that I can say that mine was the best. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. What about you, Bob? It sounds very sexual,
1: <laughs> very sexual. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to side a little bit with Joseph, but Rand, uh, of course, it's fiction because it's a bunch of fucking lies. There's no fucking way, no fucking way that this guy had a day like he first. He's at a hotel, and then he say my his mom made him breakfast. Give me a fucking break. Triple double, my ass! Ice Cube's got to be like what, like five nine and a half? How tall was he here? He used to step up to get into the car when he drove those kids around. To... What's the name of that fucking movie? He's in the SUV. <laughs> Are Dude, we there yet? SUV. <laughs> Are we there yet? Whatever it was. Not that fucking big. You get any triple doubles? Get the fuck out of here! Getting a the, a fat burger. No way, it's better than Water Burger. Just throwing that Water Burger's a shit. I don't care what anybody else says. Can't come to Texas and eat In-N-Out. Who eats In-N-Out Water Burger? You got to go to Water Burger. This is one of my favorite songs. This is the end of the night song. The cruise song the laid back song it's it's really 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 all jokes says it, really great one of my favorite hip-hop slash rap songs of the 90s for me of all time really uh i'll listen to this song whenever like i said the justin nailed it cruising home at the end of the night you know on a weekend you know it's, it's just it just hits perfectly right i do i i think that this is if we're doing top five top 10 this would definitely fit the category again if if i mentioned the mount rushmore i think that Ice Cube's just on the outside looking in I think he would probably be number 5 on the, the Mount Rushmore I still think that that Dre and Snoop and and, and Tupac and Biggie are just a little bit ahead of him as far as that's concerned It's a it's a great song it's a great pick I don't think that it's the best of the 90s because I just don't feel like it's it's sung by the best rapper of the 90s I it's it's a great song dude Ice Cube has always been cool to me uh he puts out some really great music and I agree kind of agree with Joseph uh i don't know man he he has he has uh i mean i don't know if he, because the song came out in 1992 or whatever that it was way too early to decide i i think that it doesn't matter where they fall if it's a great song it's a great song you know as long as it does it sounds like a song from the 90s i actually think this rap song can sound like a song from the early 90s to late 90s to early 2000s to late 2000s i think it it fit anywhere in that category it's, it's just a great rap song
2: you know what's weird about this song uh just b- before the lies <laughs> well the lies I, well that too because i mean ain't no way you got a beat from kim you know because that's just not happening <laughs> she could do it <laughs> <had> okay <to> <laughs> <laughs> he had bacon
1: and a hamburger you know his cholesterol levels are up the roof.
2: you know what's interesting about this song is we call this the end of the night song we, we both mentioned that and 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 um
1: good category topic
2: good it's uh yeah closing it, it's got it's it, it,
1: pick that you fucking guys
2: the weird mirror mirror version of this song to me is you know how we do it that's the, 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 the starter of the night. His other, his other hit, you know, how, oh, we, how do we, we do it. it which, I thought you were talking which, about
0: Montel Jordan. This no, 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 no. Uh, no, which was, <laughs> which shit, was, you know,
2: up. uh, which was released, I think on the next album. If you've heard, you know, how we do it. That's another, another cool, mellow, vibing, you know, ice cube song where they're talking about like, I, I, we're just like about partying and, and whatnot. It's not a recap of the night, but it, it's they're kind of like I don't know, mirror opposites. And it's weird. I, I like obviously I like both songs, and you can play one in the beginning of the night and play the other at the end of the night. It's pretty crazy. I was a little worried, and Bob. You were you were kind of right there when you
0: mentioned, "Are we there yet?" I was getting a little nervous because I thought you were going to say, "How could like the the best rapper of the '90s come out in a movie like this?" Because that there's that famous picture of where he's in a canoe and he has a big old smile. <laughs> yeah. on his-
1: yeah. <laughs> and you're Isn't like that's you're they paid me to do this shit. <laughs> well,
0: that's what it was all about. But I do want to break down one thing the triple double. So first of all, almost impossible to get a triple double in a pickup game. Because let's assume they're playing up to twenty one. Ice cube is what? Probably about five eight. So what's his triple double? It's gotta be points, but then it's hard to score double digit points when you're playing let's just say they're playing twenty one, he scores like eleven. Rebounds, assist, how do you get it's hard to get assists and points on a twenty point game and have them both be double digits unless he assisted on every point or scored every point. Rebounds, I don't know. Steals I would I would believe, not blocks, but what do you think the triple double consists of? Uh, the burger that he ate
1: that night. <laughs> I always get random at least once. I get him at least once to do that laugh. Once and ever, I've done my job. Good night, folks. I'll see y'all. There you go. That's a week. clip. Um, okay, I guess we could just. How
0: can you top that answer? Okay, so let's go on. We'll we'll just say points, assists, and steals. Anyway, hey. I want to have a serious discussion hey. about this, but you guys fucked me up. <laughs>
2: hey, hey. 7.30. Now, anyway.
1: 7.30. <laughs> 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 I'm
2: surprised you didn't go with Steady Mobbing. Let me just say I that. Love I, you, I, I love Steady Mobbing. I know. I know you love Steady yeah. Mobbing. That's why. I'm yeah. surprised you didn't go with that one. But, I mean, obviously... I know we got Bob get Bob going. Great song. Great pick, Randy. Finally, you picked something that I didn't fucking hate.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it, I think it's a better song than Steady Mobbing as well, dude. I think it, Yeah, it, it, is. it is. It really is his best song in my personal view. Bob, let's go with you. Last pick of the night. Randall. <laughs> I went with one of the guys off the Mount Rushmore rap and hip hop of the 90s. I went with Snoop Dogg, Gin and Juice, uh, off his debut album, Doggy Style. Yeah. Uh, again, produced by Dr. Dre. Released by Death Row Records, which was huge in the, in the early 90s. This is one of the best uh, rap slash hip hop albums of the entire 90s. Had Jenna Juice, Lottie Dottie, Murder Was a Case, Who Am I, The Shiznit, and Jenna Juice was released in 1994 and it piggybacked off the success of, of Who Am I, which I think is another great, great, great song from, from Snoop Dogg, especially being his, his debut album. Just a few numbers. You know, uh, Gin and Juice uh, reached number eight on the Billboard Top 100 and was nominated for a Grammy Award in 1995 for Best Rap Solo Performance. This is the song that I think of as soon as I hear best song of the 90s, or, or 90. I'm sorry, 90s rap song, best 90s rap song, or 90s rap or hip-hop music, Snoop Dogg, Gin and Juice comes to mind. You know, it, it's, yes, there was Tupac and, and Biggie and Dre, but, but Snoop Dogg, I mean, he emerged as this superstar of 90s hip-hop. He became almost a celebrity in a way. He's a, definitely a celebrity now. He was above and beyond what the other rappers were. They, he wasn't, you know, Tupac was rapping and poetry and, and, you know, activism. And, you know, Biggie was, was rapping. He had this great East Coast sound. Dr. Dre was telling you all his accolades. And what was Snoop Dogg talking about? Smoking and having fun and throwing house parties and doing this great stuff. And it was kind of very relatable. Uh, his style of, of rap music, and even though it's a different culture and a different time, th- like you could relate to his music and his lyrics and, and the shit that he was rapping about. The music video itself w- was fantastic and it, and it was epic. It's about a kid throwing a house party while his parents are away. And you know, they're doing all that crazy shit. You know, they're smoking, they're, they're drinking. Everybody's got their cup, but they didn't pitch in. What the fuck's up with that? I think that, uh, and then the parents get home early and kick them out in some kind of hilarious way. I think that, that the music video was very funny, very house party esque, which is a, a really big movie in the nineties. So I think it fit a lot of molds and it touched a lot of pop culture, which a lot of the other rappers and hip hop bars at the time maybe weren't doing or may, maybe this is why it kind of, pushed him in his superstar because not only were were the lyrics great were his raps great was the music great the hooks the chorus and all that good stuff and all a lot of his songs but he was kind of pushing the pop culture and he was uh, a lot of people were interested in that and connecting to that because of his music videos now one thing that that Tupac, I'm sorry uh, Snoop Dogg doesn't get credit for was is his voice Dr. Dre had this deep voice you know Tupac very similar Nate B.A.G., very similar as well this deeper voice. Snoop Dogg has like a different sound to him. Maybe it's all the smoking. Maybe it's the fact that he's like 100 pounds wet. You know, at the time, he's really skinny and, and lanky. But this like nasally rap voice comes out and it was so fucking great and so fucking different. And I think this is why Eazy-E hits so really well on NWA. I always said uh, Easy e sounds like, like I, I didn't get it with his voice. Like a lot of people love him. And I think he's good, but I didn't like his voice wasn't the type of voice that that registered with me. But Snoop Dogg, man, his voice is so different. His rapping style was so different. And again, Josie uses this word, which I really love funk it wasn't just gangster rap because it was gangster rap but it also had some funk to it it also had some chorus to it it had lines in it and chorus to it that you could sing along with it had beats that would get stuck in your head like that stupid burger king jingle he, he was he was just a man in creating that and of course dr dre helped him create that but he created a monster because snoop Dogg ended up being the most successful at least from my personal view rapper of the 90s and 2000s and all because he endured and he continued to put out albums and become this huge celebrity and actor because he was part of that pop culture. So this is my pick. And I know that stupid dog, I know one of the arguments is going to be, oh, well, he had this song and he had this song and he did this, song. you should have gone on that song. Agreed. And I agree a million percent, but this is the song that registers and this song sounds so much so like the nineties hip hop slash rap song. It's a little bit gangster. It's a little bit hip hop. It's a little bit commercial. It's a little bit uh, got a little bit of a badass groove. It's got a great chorus. You know what I mean? Tangerine, and Chronic now fucked up. Now love that line. What do y'all think about it? Gin and Juice, Snoop Dogg.
0: Uh, Snoop Dogg, as as we know, is he's been around forever. I mean, he's a guy that we've we know Snoop now more so for just being Snoop Dogg than being. The rapper, you know, or the or the hip hop artist, or or the musician. I mean, we see him in commercials, we see him in talk shows. He's everywhere, and you know, this is coming from a a guy, uh, Snoop Dogg, probably the best freestyle rapper of all time. I I was I was listening to some of his albums, and Doggy Style is a classic. It's you know, it's his debut album. I mean, you listen to it from, from start to finish. After that, I, I listened to a few of his other albums and it just didn't have the, I don't want to call him a one album wonder because we usually think of one album wonders as artists who fade out after an album, but Snoop has never left. But what he did was very, he did a very important thing. He transitioned into a collaborator. And I'll get more to that in a bit, but I I felt that that was a very important point to make, how he actually did a very smart thing where even though he wasn't the main attraction, the main event in a song, he became one of the most important collaborators of uh, late 90s all the way to, to modern day. Uh, First of all, I love watching these old rap videos and everyone is using like landlines and bikes, you know, things that we don't see anymore. So it's just a great sort of nostalgic throwback. I love Snoop Dogg. As I mentioned before, if Willie Nelson is any indication about the lifespan of a habitual weed smoker, Snoop Dogg is going to be around for many years. But when he dies, and that's going to be a sad day because Snoop feels like he's just been everywhere. uh, He should be like canonized because we all love Snoop Dogg. He's he's like a saint. We need to praise his name. Anyway, (laughs) as much as I like this song, To me, I I don't see it as one of the best 90s rap song. And I know, Bob, you kind of made the the point argument before. We can mention a lot of other songs that, that Snoop was on. But my argument is going to pivot towards I've always liked Snoop better as a collaborator. Which I started off my argument with he's brilliant. I mean he's absolutely brilliant. But something about him being teamed up with someone makes him better. He's like Christoph Waltz or Willem Dafoe. I want to watch them do their shticks and play up, you know, their roles in the movie theater, but and I wanna admire them, enjoy their talents. But I certainly don't want to watch a movie where they're the main characters. I think the supporting concept of of these actors and Snoop Dogs is what in Snoop Dogg is what the most important talent aspect is of, of of their of their presence. You know, I love them. My favorite YouTube comment on this video is that Snoop Dogg is the only person who could have the hairstyle of a five year old and still look cool as hell. You know, it's hard to hate. It's hard to hate on this song because Snoop is such a likable guy and and the freestyle throughout the entire album. I mean, it's a relic. You don't see rappers do that anymore. Rappers are so produced and so precise. You don't hear their real voices anymore. Everything's auto tune or mumble rap or way, way overproduced. And it's just a talent you don't see anymore. So I appreciate Snoop for, you know, having this very just raw energy and, and talent that he that he introduced to us. Great song, great album, but Snoop is someone I, who I love listening to when he adds an element to a song. He, his collaborations are my favorite things about him. This song sort of floats along. It's fun. It's playful. And I know Snoop is very young, and you you write what you know about, right? That's why he's writing about parties and about you know staying home alone, because he was, what, 18, 19 at the time when, when this yeah. album came out? And we know what we're getting with Snoop during the and it feels like he's like 60 years old, but he's still a young guy. But we know what we're getting with Snoop during this era of his career he unabashedly knows who he is but if you're talking 90 snoop dogg and you mentioned it about nothing but a g thing the next episode deep cover dre day snoop's addition to these songs is so good and all these songs are collaborations that i prefer him as the knockout punch to a combo rather than just battling it on his own but love the song but i love
1: snoop more as a collaborator joseph what do you think is that the combo that uh ice cube ordered at uh pad burger (laughs) sorry go ahead joseph sadie (laughs)
2: come on somebody's somebody was supposed to say the the next part used to be my homeboy's lady (laughs) i was was about to
0: drink water (laughs) 80 degrees when i tell
2: this bitch please honestly i think as much as i love uh what's my name who am uh, who am i what's my name i think his best Song I think his best song off of this album is "Gin and Juice," and yep. the second, the second would be "Murder Was the Case." I, I would two, you know, very different songs, but I just think they're 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 way better than than you know some better than uh who am I than the, the rest of them. Yeah, and on and "Doggy Dog World," even though I like "Doggy Dog World," nobody's. I, I think in the in the in the the question of who is the better. Rapper or repicist or. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take the rapist for 500. Lyricist, therapist, uh, whatever you want to, uh, however you want to describe him, no question. It's going to be Snoop. Like Randy, uh, was mentioning earlier, his, his flow, his, his voice and how Bob said his voice. Um, I don't know, man. Like when, when you go back and listen to, oh, to early, like obviously his first album and anything that he did in the early nineties with with, where he was featured on uh, either a Dr. Dre song or something else. I mean, his, his, how this guy slipped through? You know, I mean, he made it on Death Row, and I guess that was the biggest label at the time. But anybody that that missed him, like any other record label or any other whatever, or and even the people that dissed him, like I know it was a, it was as it was a label thing. So you know, there's a lot of diss tracks that that e wrote mainly easy and his and the and the ruthless records crew that talking shit about uh Snoop, but damn you cannot deny his 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 style and his his voice and his flow and, and it was just great. This is a really awesome song, one of my probably my favorite of like I mentioned earlier, of Snoop songs. Yeah it's I didn't really think about that whole like one album wonder thing until Randy mentioned it and real quickly I just checked you know looked at his albums and 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 the songs and singles that followed after that and it's kind of weird you know they weren't as big or or or
1: impact, just, like one big impact, impact, hit yeah. was, and there was usually uh, collaborations yeah
2: and then and it wasn't until later on Well, obviously the collaboration and that's not a knock on him because he can be I mean, just most recently he's he does a song with Eminem and it's a fucking good song. Um what's, I can't He also what smokes weed with, with
1: what's the name? Martha what Stewart? Martha yeah. Stewart. <laughs> uh
2: I think that as far as like this topic and and when people are gonna pick a winner just based on you know the 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 style and the rapping and, and whatnot uh, another early song too uh, ninety four album in ninety three late ninety three single released in ninety four in January so kind of right in the middle so I think this is a good spot to maybe pick a song or to you know to say this is the best song and uh kind of like how i mentioned with what bob said you know that 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 g-funk sound and it was i don't know it just i think these songs like this flowed better that or or, in this style of gangster rap or or whatever or or music g-funk music um what the fuck was that Uh,
1: (laughs) Sorry, my daughter she's (laughs) she wants she wants more chocolate milk now yes yes (laughs) (laughs)
2: Right <laughs> now. Uh, man I, I i obviously we we love these songs and and to it's kind of hard uh, to to pick who's the best and i i don't hate this pick one bit uh this is a really great song um hard for me to argue anything against it i mean it came out i can't argue that it came out too early i can't you know i think it came out around around the right time perfect perfect songs man really really good stuff that leave reg- it up to the listeners
0: That interruption really puts things into perspective. We're talking about (laughs) songs that we, like, partied with, grew up on, and then now we're like, well, now we got to give more chocolate milk to the kids before they go to sleep. (laughs) It just really puts everything into perspective. I will say one last thing about Snoop Dogg, the way he pronounces words. I mean, it's almost like he develops this, like, unique accent all to his own. I mean, the way he says, baby. The way he says, you know, uh, these other words, it's like he's an innovator, and I think I, and there's no knock on him. Yes, I, I, you know, Doggy Style is is his best album. I don't think anything compares to it. But he made good career no, decisions. He he, you know, he he collaborated with Eminem, continued collaborating with Dre, and and all these other artists. Um, um, who else has he done work with? Um, uh, Pharrell. Pharrell. Yeah. Pharrell and, and everybody, Katy Perry. He's done. He's done a lot of work with a lot of mainstream artists, so he's kept his name alive. And hey, man, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, Snoop Dogg, you can't can't hate on that man. Now he's doing
1: Corona commercials.
0: Yes, yes, <laughs> making a buck there. Guys, any any uh, things to, no pun intended, wrap up with in terms of what you guys want to talk about? And there's our weekly dad <laughs> joke, folks. Well, um, you know, it's funny because Joseph said that, you know, new metal gets a bad rap. And I was going to say, well, new metal is bad rap. But then I thought you guys were going to make fun of my dad joke. Anyway. Uh, would it, that would have <laughs>
1: been good. That would have been good. But <laughs> it would have been good. God, my All mind. right. You that You're going to miss. I know. I know. Uh, no, I think this is a great topic. It's really, really funny. And, you know, uh, a lot of our audience is probably like, these guys are really into rock because we've talked 70s rock, 60s yes. rock, 90s rock, every kind of rock. We've been talking about doing this 90s hip hop slash rap show since mm-hmm. like week one. We've had it. We put it on our list and we're kind of like, oh, this and this show and this topic and this topic. And we kind of like add it to our shows based on, you know, what we're talking about, what we're really into at the time. But we've been saying for the longest, maybe for like the past two years. By the way, it'll be our 2-year anniversary in like mm-hmm. 2 weeks guys. Can you believe that? Shit? Yes, yes. Uh it's really really crazy. We've been talking about doing this show for a long long time. So, uh, it's it's a really cool change of pace. Last week we did country, this week we're doing rap. Next week we'll talk uh bluegrass or something stupid. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh but uh um <clears throat> I, I think it's really cool. I'm glad we're able to do this show. This was a big part of my childhood and my teenage years and growing up. This music I used to listen to religiously. I still listen to really if I go for a run, I'm not listening to, to Metallica while I'm running. That's for lifting weights. I'm listening to, to rap and hip hop and, and shit like with a good groove to keep me going. And when I throw up, I want to be able to act tough afterwards. So I listen to Snoop Dogg. Uh but this is my type of music. you know, we as much as Joseph loves metal, he also loves like mellow groove songs. He also loves classical, he also loves hip hop and, and, and rap. And I think we all kind of fit that category where we like an eclectic mix. Not so much Arcade nice. Fire, sorry, Rand, but uh, we. <laughs> but we. I'm sorry, I had to throw that shot in there. But we, we, we like to collect a mix of music, and we hope our fans are really into this. I, I, know for a fact a lot of our fans that listen to this, that are going to listen to the show, grew up in the '90s, were teens in the '90s, and uh, and and they could definitely relate and have their their top pick or their top choice for whatever their best rap or hip hop song they have in their mind.
2: I think that uh, what I what I talked about earlier was, and why I picked the song that I picked, you know how I how I mentioned it, you know it was a nice uh, segue into what was to come, you know um, we I. I Mentioned a few names earlier, you know, the whole early 2000s rap, you know, the jaw rule stuff, the Lil Wayne, the Kanye West, the 50 cents, the, you know, it's a different sound. The, it maybe, I think Randy mentioned it earlier. It sounds, uh, it's more, uh, produced. It's more published. It's not as, as raw. And I think the time there was obviously a, a shift, um, people wanted a party I guess you know so a lot of this these yeah. these songs in the early the, the early 2000s they, they got more of a a dance you know beat to them a club beat uh, and that's cool I mean it, they're great songs we love them you know we we listen to them as well but i I think it's this genre of music's influence will never go away and I love to hear it its influence on artists like um I haven't heard him in a while so I can't like say so, yeah, I'm, I'm i'm a super huge fan but i look at somebody like kid cuddy and and lupe fiasco uh specifically i i always i thought like his his early sound yeah another musician that had a uh, two albums come out you know in the early 2000s kick push i thought it was a great song had the old oh, school yeah. uh beats to it lupe fiasco's the core album i think is so highly influenced by old school 90s hip-hop he's even got snoop dogg on one of those songs bob knows uh one of my one of Super uh, Paris Tokyo. That's a great yeah, fucking Tokyo. song. You listen to Paris Tokyo by Lupus Lupe Fiasco. It's got it's so old school. The beats, the songs. I don't think this will ever go away, and I, I don't, and I hope it never does. I don't believe it ever will. Um, and I love to hear its influence on on. Uh, I was a big fan of Kendrick Lamar's early work because I thought, I mean, he grew up in Compton. He idolized Dr. Dre and that sound, and I I thought he he really took that. And, and use it for his own style and his early music. He's gotten a little bit more artsy now and what. So it's, I mean, whatever. It She'll is what it is. Artsy but- fartsy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know i i i hear that influence um and, and on some rappers uh today and i and i like to hear that the ones that did actually get you know a good flow going and it's not just what was it the late 2000s it was just a lot of okay you know so you know there was just a lot of screaming there wasn't sure, really that any wasn't my break, sir. You i mean, mean i Lil love don't get me wrong i love little john but what the fuck did little john Lil john actually rap he just john kept Lil. yelling he just kept yelling shit <laughs> <laughs> so, hey,
1: I, I lo- tone down.
2: <laughs> so you know i love to hear uh music that comes out today that's highly influenced by by 90s hip-hop because I, I love those old school beats man i really do
0: you know you cannot deny the impact that 90s hip-hop had to uh mainstream pop because even as far back well you know, when Michael Jackson released Black or White, he had a rap course in there. So, you know, it was like, how do we get this more and more into the mainstream? And, you know, when you started having these these actors or anybody who started singing pop music, uh, Jennifer Lopez, for example, I mean, she had L. O. Cool J, Ja Rule and all these rappers appearing Thank in her night. Yeah appearing in her in her in her songs because that's what was cool that was that's what was hip and you had that cred with these with these rappers who were you know now making their way into mainstream pop and it wasn't as raw or wasn't as as you know bold or dangerous or unique as it was in the early 90s when it was just specifically just rap, but you can't deny its influence on on mainstream pop culture. that's how powerful it was, and it's probably the most important genre of the '90s because it became you know this big thing that just engulfed you know an entire generation. Guys, any other last words, recommendations, quick thoughts.
1: Uh, don't forget, guys. we have our store open. Yes. check out our we got hoodies, we got t-shirts, we got coffee mugs, we got pint glasses. I've already, I'm probably not even going to make any money because I've already ordered myself a bunch of shit, me and the wife, (laughs) Uh, like coffee mugs, hoodies, t-shirts. I've ordered a hoodie, I've ordered a t-shirt, I've ordered a coffee mug just so I can walk in some place and people are like, who the fuck is that guy on your shirt? Why is there a goat on your hoodie? (laughs) Yeah, we have some really cool merch uh, brought to you by Creative Little Pill. She does some great artwork for us. She does all our cover art. She did some really, really cool stuff for our for our store, so check me out, yeah, buy some, we're not making, like I said, we're making pennies on the damn dollar for it, for anything that you buy, it's really just to, you all have some of our merch, you know, maybe people see you with it and ask you about it and you turn them on to our, to our uh, little podcast here that it's becoming very big very quickly which is pretty crazy like prom night right so i'm really i'm really really happy uh, about that and we thank all our fans for for really tuning in and and for continuing. we're having a great month so far uh, it, it's pretty pretty uh remarkable i mean we're, we're having a great month two episodes in
0: uh one of our biggest months in january there are people listening to old episodes that we we connected with friends who have just been huge supporters and of course next week when we talk we're not going to have a traditional anniversary episode but it is something that we're going to mention uh throughout the episode no doubt so that's our show everyone listeners we'd love to hear from you let us hit us up and let us know what your favorite 90s rap slash hip-hop song is most importantly let us know what you think about the show you may reach us at formidable opponents at gmail.com and you can follow us on all social media platforms by searching for formidable opponents once again we want to thank creative little pill for her great artwork please rate and review us on apple and spotify that really helps us out and join us next episode as we discuss our most memorable super bowl moment so for bob and joseph this is randall we'll see you all next week